0: Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. Milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest products. Twitter feed. At T Fry. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the lead.
0: The lead. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk.
1: All right. Let's go out to the hot lawn with bring Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider, writes for milehighsports.com. Cody, you and I were out at a very exciting practice today. How are you, my friend?
2: Uh, you know, it was exhilarating today. We had a lot of action.
1: <laughs> L- listen, let, 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 let's just cut right to it. You talk to the players. You talk to George Payton. He will, they will all say that Nathaniel Hackett is an innovator. Uh, did a, a nice interview uh, with Calvin Anderson today. He said what Hackett is doing is revolutionary. Then you talk to former players who are out of camp, and they're like, this is not training camp. It is summer camp. Are you? Are, do you want to reserve judgment Do you see how games play out, or do you look at this as wow, he could really be onto something talking about Hackett, or this guy is completely out of his tree?
2: I think from former players is because when they were at training camp, it was a lot different. The rules were different. But I guarantee you, if you ask any one of those guys like if they were still playing, they would probably prefer how it is done today. So I, I do find it kind of hypocritical in a sense. Uh, it's probably just because they didn't get that experience. I think it's great. I mean, if, if you have an entire locker room that is really embracing the way that he is doing things and they're getting benefit from it, their bodies are feeling better, isn't that what you want at the end of the day? And one thing Hackett went back and he even said is, you know, we got to play football through December. It, it, we got, you know, it's about 17 games. It's not just about the start of the season. We want to be able to make it through 17 games. And often, at times, a lot of the damage that is done happens now in training camp. And and I can guarantee you this: last year and the last couple of years with Vic Fangio, players were not happy with how the training camp schedule was because they felt like they were on the field too long and that they were doing so much physically that their bodies weren't right by the time the season came. And I think that was a huge thing that. They're really embracing so far about Hackett. Now, ultimately, Hackett will be judged by wins and losses. But you know what? The players, they, they really appreciate their coaching. This one.
3: But the issue also is uh, is pace. I mean, it, it, if when the season starts, they're not 100% prepared to operate at the pace at which it is full time, hard practice, then you wonder whether they'll be ready to ready to uh, turn it on when when the time is when the time calls for it.
2: Well, you know, and and not much has really changed in a sense. Like, in season, there will will be one day where the physicality is up, but every other day is light for the most part, or it's moderate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that, you know, in in this type of game, you have to preserve. Like, you have to maintain your bodies because the NFL, it would be different if you were allowed to go into a a regular season with a 90-man roster in the regular season, but you only get 53, and that's where things get very, very dicey. When you start losing those key guys – if you lose key guys to injuries, it makes you shuffle. And it makes you maybe wonder, like, you know, hey, what can we do better going forward? And that's where the NFL has been very forward-thinking is that they are reducing the amount of physical contact that these guys have to go day in and day out. Because when they play on Sundays, it is the most violent sport that is out there.
1: I'll tell you something else. And listen, I'm not going to defend Hackett because I'm going to reserve judgment. because you, And you said it very well, Cody. You are going to be judged on wins and losses. How does this team execute? I understand during these jog through slash walkthroughs, they are running more plays. I get that, but they're not doing it at full intensity either. Let's see when they pop on the field for game one. Are there going to be too many false start penalties, right? Uh, Are there going to be wrong routes run by the wide receivers? Let's wait to see all of this come together first. But I wanted to bring this up too. I learned this today. Do you know that uh, Hackett has his players essentially choose from like a menu of things that they can do and they need to do every day and they pick two things off of the menu? Are you familiar with this at all? Because if not, I'll explain it again because we talked about it at the top of the show.
2: Yeah, no, honestly, this is the first I've heard of that. I mean, I've had a lot of conversations with players, but I don't think I've ever gone to the extent – well, yeah, let me tell, tell you,
1: look, this. let me know. Let me tell you what's on the menu. They can do yoga. They can go in a cold tank. They can go in a salt tank. They can use a Ooh. cryotherapy machine. They can get a massage. They can get active release technique, but they have to pick two things per day. That is revolutionary.
2: I, I love that. And wow, I are like, that is huge. I didn't know that. And I think that is amazing because treatment is super important. Like post-practice. You know these guys are just out there. You know they're banging shoulder pads. They're running into each other. They're doing all these different things, and then you have to go and go through this period where you have to let your body kind of the adrenaline's done. Your body catches up to you. The the physicality, the lactic acid that builds up, that is huge. And I think it also it's good for rookies too because you know Eric, you've known this for covering the league for so long. How many rookies? Do we see year in and year out going to their second year, like, you know, I really wish I would have learned how to take care of my body as a rookie? Like, we hear so many players say that. And now he's teaching this to these guys, and it's also benefiting the veterans as well. I, I agree with you. I think that is revolutionary, and I think that's exciting. That would have me excited as a player to and, have all those
1: options. And allow me to add something to that, okay? I know they've had, what what is it, three jog throughs already out of what, eight, nine practices? Help me with the math. Yeah, we're at day nine. Yep, we're, we're day nine, so six days they've had, you know, practice, practice, and then they've had, what, two or three days with pads. Is that right? Correct, yep. I know that two guys tore their ACLs. Those are freak injuries. But this is where I think that maybe Hackett is on to something. How many soft tissue injuries have there been in camp? Pulled hamstrings, things like that. I, I, don't, I don't think there are a lot. And when you have a guy in there or a gal in there doing active release technique and you have a cryo machine in there and you have a salt tank to relax your mind and a cold tank to help with swelling in your body or doing yoga to help you with stretching, I think that's why we're seeing a lack of soft tissue injuries.
2: Which is good because remember last year there were a ton, a ton of soft tissue injuries and also a lot of soft tissue injuries that impacted the team in season. This is uh yeah no it, it, this is huge because this I think is more impactful not only just short term but I also think it gives you longevity especially when it comes to muscles because after you know we you know when you do physical exercise your muscles tear they tear normally so you can have muscle growth and, and you know you can build there but it's the recovery stuff that matters whether or not you actually like tear further to tear to damage or whether you tear to grow and build and to harden. Uh, so i I, I'm, I completely agree
0: with
3: that. I think this is taking what has been codified in the cba and and uh, conclusions that have been reached by realistic evaluation of protection of commodities, which is what players are. I think we all can admit that. And so I don't, it's not it, the baseline is not the Broncos are not being so revolutionary. They're throwing everything else everybody else is doing out the window. But, but as a matter of degree, this is I agree, this is semi-revolutionary.
2: Yeah, well, and I don't, know, I don't know if there's any other teams. I don't know if Green Bay does this. Because part of me as well, you know, hear from Nathaniel Hackett, the way that he coaches, he carries a lot of his experiences, you know, working with some of the coaches he's worked with throughout his career, his father, and he's applying a little bit of that into who he is. And so I wonder if there are other NFL teams that do things like this. I well, mean, let me I... ask
1: you something. Didn't he say that they did jog throughs in Green Bay under yep. the floor? Yep, he did. said that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then there you go. That, that's where it comes from. So Terry and I talked about at the top of the show, Cody, that that, that Hackett is taking a little bit from there, right? And and to your point, he's taking a little bit from his dad and from Doug
3: Marone and so on and so forth. It has the appearance as if you're in Green Bay, you're, you're watching this if you're Nathaniel Hackett, and you're saying, you know, if I'm the head coach, I take that and go a little further that direction. Right.
2: Yep. No, spot on. You want to be able to do that because as a former coach, that's one thing I did. I took things that I learned from the coaches who coached me and the coaches I coached with, and I made it my own and I added my own sprinkle to it, uh, you know, that would best serve the players that I coach. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. I just know that this, you know, last year talking to players, they they were waiting for training camp to be over because they were physically just checked out. A lot of them were... You know, saying that, you know, hey, my body is not getting the you know, ample recovery time that it needs. And a lot of that was based on last year's coaching staff. And I think that for a guy like Lauren Lando, he was in a position last year where he had to do what the coach wanted him to do outside of his normal structure. Now, Lauren Lando has a staff that embraces the recovery techniques, the stretching, which is so important. Like, I know it's cliche to talk about stretching before you do anything physical, that's exactly what it was.
1: Yeah, and I'll bring something else up about this. Going back to the, and this is not a knock on Greek or anybody in the Broncos training system, all right? And I hope I'm not embarrassing my friend, but I'm going to put his name out there because I want to promote his business. Do you know who Dr. Ryan Tuxer is? I do not. Okay. Ryan Tuxer owns a place called 5280 Cryo and Recovery Clinic, and he worked with a lot of the Broncos players with ART and with Cryo. You're in the 2015 season. Do you remember a lot of soft tissue injuries with those players on defense? I don't think so, no. Nope, and I don't either. And now you have Nathaniel Hackett bringing in a specialist who does ART, and now that they have a cryo machine. I mean, I'll put what ART does in perspective. Going to a massage therapist could not be any more temporary. Have you ever had ART done to you?
2: I have. It's, oh. it's a beautiful thing. I have a guy that works on me. He actually works on some of the Broncos players as well. Is it Mario? Yep, Mario.
1: Yep. And Mario's been doing ART for how long? I'm guessing for a while.
2: Yeah, ever since he learned it from his father. Once he came into the business, it became something he did every day.
1: And, uh, and from what I've been told, ART is expensive to learn, and it's hard to learn. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. But I had a pinched nerve in my neck. I went to Tuck. I went to him three times. Times my entire right arm was numb, it was hard to walk, and it got knocked out through ART and exercises. I did what do you think it's going to do for those Broncos players having a full time ART guy in that building?
2: Uh, they're gonna their Mondays are going to be a lot more enjoyable after a game coming up because. They're going to feel better. You know, like I said, the the, more, the day after a game is usually when you feel just terrible. Yeah, You feel like your are absolute worst. Your muscles are aching. You got bruises all over. And that right there provides instant relief. And I tell you what, like, I wish I would have had access to stuff like that when I played because I guarantee I probably would have been able to play a lot longer.
1: Right. All right, uh, Cody, I, I'm not going to be out there this weekend. I know you're going to miss me tremendously, but I will see you on Monday. So, um, Get excited to see me on Monday.
2: Absolutely, my friend. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow's going to be tomorrow's going to be intense. I'll keep everybody updated on Twitter. So. There
1: we go. And give us your Twitter handle
2: at Cody Rourke NFL.
1: That simple. At Cody Rourke NFL. Thanks, Cody. We'll see you on Monday. We Thank look you. forward to reading what you put on Twitter about practice full pads tomorrow. See you, man.
2: Cool. Thanks, gentlemen.
1: Coming up after the break, Mike Singer who covers the Nuggets for the Denver Post, had a very interesting conversation with DeAndre Jordan about what Jordan's role is going to be as the backup center to Nikola Jokic. You're going to want to hear this next. You thought you found a To take you out of this place
0: somewhere you can land ahead in return Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk,
1: here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. So, Listen, if you have a project to do, do not go to those big box stores. I'll give you a lot of reasons why. Number one, they're selling you retail. Also, they are not getting the best lumber out there. Rocky Mountain Forest Products, they deal directly with the lumber mills. They get the pick of the lumber that they want, and then they sell it to you wholesale. They work with some of the best contractors in the Denver market, including Pinnacle Builders. Pinnacle Builders does a fantastic job, so think about it. If you work with Pinnacle Builders for a remodel, The deal is, is they're buying it wholesale and they're passing the savings along to you. If you want to buy your own lumber, you're going to get the best out there, best pricing. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. DeAndre
1: Jordan spoke with Mike Singer of the Denver Post. Jordan said about his role, obviously, everybody knows that Nicola is the head of the snake. So with that, my role being obviously coming off the bench, helping our second unit with pace, screens and getting guys open getting guys better shots and also finishing everything that I can in transition, offensive rebounds, controlling the glass for a unit, also being a defensive presence for however long I am out there. Singer then wrote, does that mean that uh, he is comfortable not playing every night if that's what Malone decides? Jordan's diplomatic answer, that's something we'll get to when it comes to personnel. And then he added a veteran who is aware of his place. What'd you think about his comments?
3: I thought the, the, what he said initially in the first, the first burst of comments was something that could have come right from what Michael Malone or Calvin Booth told him. We're getting you because this is what we want you for. Right. This is your role. Make no mistake about it. Very, very eloquent expression. Yep. A re-expression of what he'd been told, obviously yeah, a guy who's prepared to do that. The next part was a little bit ambiguous in the sense that I wasn't quite exactly sure what he meant was when he was asked about whether, uh, there will be some nights he doesn't play when he said that's something we'll get to when it comes to personnel. Has he even been prepared for the idea that on some nights you won't play, we won't want you out there, we won't We won't need you as as Nicola's backup?
1: I don't know if you remember Mike Miller, really good yes. three-point shooter yes. back in the day. Yes. When he got to the Nuggets, he was nothing more than a towel waiver. The guy barely got into games. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the role for DeAndre Jordan. What I like about DeAndre Jordan, I know a lot of people have poo-pooed it, Uh, They would rather have Boogie Cousins, and Boogie Cousins did some good things. Me. And that's fine. Uh, Boogie Cousins is a weird guy, and there's nothing wrong with that.
3: He's selfish.
1: And DeAndre Jordan is a seasoned veteran where the things that he did well, he was really good at. He was a tremendous defensive presence. He was essentially...
3: You're using the past tense, though.
1: He was essential. Well, he was. He was essentially what Draymond Green Mm -hmm. is now but now he's a much older player. He, he has a good relationship with Jeff Green. Jeff Green said, you might want to come here. We have a role for you. Um, and, and this team is defined by roles now, not that it wasn't before. We know what the roles of Jokic. We know the role of Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. KCP knows his role. I'm sorry to say this about him because maybe he deserves more, but he is a role player now. The other guy they got from the Nets, Brown, he is a role player now. You know, Bones Highland probably wants to be a superstar, but right now he's a role player now. That's what Jordan is. When you have three guys who either have come very close to their upside or have Mm -hmm. tremendous upside, you have to be willing to play your role. Look at, and I'm not comparing, but look at the great teams that have won championships. Look at the San Antonio teams. You knew that team was essentially going to be Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. Mm -hmm. They were the stars on the team, although Ginobili didn't start a whole time. My point is, if you were a Bruce Bowen, a defensive specialist, you knew your role on the team. A Robert Ory, you knew your role on the team. If you need to be a superstar like Jeremy Grant, get the hell out of here. (laughs) Because Jeremy Grant's not he's a really good player, but he doesn't want to be a role player. Where Jordan is in his career, he knows he's a role player. When he played with the Clippers, he was not a role player. He was an integral part of those Clippers teams, specifically defensively.
3: But did this did this raise the possibility that they were looking at seeing who they're playing against, adapting to the personnel, adjusting to the personnel? Possibly. And saying that Jordan isn't playing that night? Who's going to back up Nicola on those nights? Well that's that's just he may not play. I mean, did Boogie
1: Cousins play every game when he was here? Pretty, I think pretty close. Okay. Well, at the end of the day, DeAndre Jordan Cousins
3: played thirty-one games here. I don't know how many they had.
1: Well, well, he well, it'll show <clears throat> how many games that he start. Forget about starting. So they only have one center on the roster. Mm-hmm. Correct. And it's and it's him. And do, do I think Zig Nagy can play center? I'll be honest. I have no idea. I really don't. And maybe they maybe they want to give Naji more uh, Zeke Naji more looks
3: Naji or even Jeff Green a little bit.
1: I don't want Jeff Green playing center.
3: Do you? Not not in any kind of long term basis. No.
1: So I think that they will use him. Now you and I had this conversation about using Boogie and Jokic on Together. the floor at the same time. I liked that actually.
3: They should have just at least tried it. More.
1: Well, but Malone didn't want to. And believe me, he's not a guy who's going to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. He's not wired that way. With that, I don't think it makes sense to put Jordan and Jokic on the floor. At the same I don't time. think
3: so either. Because,
1: because Boogie...
3: Not was at it, 34.
1: Well, forget about the age. You had two dual threats who can score. Mm-hmm. Jordan is a defensive player. setting screens. Getting rebounds. That's his role.
3: And he's been told that clearly.
1: And that's why he came here. I like the addition of him. I do. The guy's a seasoned veteran who knows his role. There is nothing wrong with having a guy like that on your roster. Does he have championship experience? Well, certainly not with the Clippers, right? But the guy knows how to play basketball. And if he understands his role, and it sounds like he does, I think he could be a terrific addition to give Jokic some time on the bench. And at the end of the day, I don't know what that second wave is going to look like scoring DeAndre Jordan is not going to be your option, no. but he will be a good defensive presence. I
3: player. want him to be so good at that role that he outlined after talking to Booth and Malone that they have to play him every night, have to, against any kind of personnel they're looking at it in on the opposition. You
1: know what? You know what I, you know what I would say to um, <clears throat> DeAndre Jordan, if I'm Calvin Booth, who does not take crap from anybody, go up, prove it. Mm-hmm. When we put you out there, make sure you maximize your minutes. Yeah. I don't want to see any time off. I want to make sure that you're working hard every single time down the floor, offensively and defensively. If he proves himself that he is, he has earned more minutes, he will get it. If he doesn't, then shut the hell up.
3: Well, he was playing 12 or 13 minutes last season.
1: Well, that's not a lot. So no. You know what you can say about him? He's fresh.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> At 34. It's a revolutionary is, approach. He's He's very, very fresh. Coming up after the break. I don't know if you watched last night's Raiders-Jaguars game, but I got to tell you something. For all the years that I covered Josh McDaniels, I really didn't agree with really much anything that he did. But he did something in his first game, preseason, as the new head coach of the Raiders, and I love what he did. We'll tell you what that is next. why
0: don't you tell your dreams to me? That was a
4: banded by the light wrapped up like a dooch under the runner in the night blinded by the light wrapped up like afternoon
0: drive with Goodman and fry Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and
1: Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. You're looking for wholesale lumber to the public go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low
0: T99, testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to
1: lowt99.com. All right, if you had a chance to watch uh, yesterday's Raiders Jaguars game, the opening preseason game for the NFL slate this year, Derek Carr, starting quarterback for the Raiders, didn't play. Starting wide receivers, guys like Renfro didn't play. Devontae Adams didn't play. You know, none of the top guys played. However, however, you know, did play all the running backs, including Josh Jacobs, who played more than a few series. He got five carries. Right. But he played in a couple of series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So usually in the first preseason game, the starters, when they do play back in the day, you play the first series and that that's it. You don't expect to see anybody come back out again after the first series. Right. Pretty much. That's Mm -hmm. it. But Jacobs came out in the second series, Mm -hmm. too. point is, this is what McDaniel said about why he played Josh Jacobs following the game. He said, I always think it's good for backs to carry the ball in the preseason. There's a lot of things that happen when you're getting tackled and hit that you can't simulate in practice.
3: Thoughts? They have three more exhibition games left, so that's the first. No, they they have three. They have three. three
1: total? So oh, four total. So
3: that was a wild card X. Ex- I always call them exhibition games. I'm old school there. Yeah. That was a wild card exhibition game. They now have three games left as do the Broncos. So it was completely extra game. And so I wouldn't have played Jacobs for that reason. If you're not playing your quarterback and your wide receivers, I wouldn't have played it any different there. But I. he also pointed out, you could throw in another word in there and say things can happen in in those situations that don't happen in practice, including getting your running back hurt.
1: Right. And and, and there's always the argument when somebody does get hurt, why'd you play him in a meaningless game? And then there's the argument when you don't play him, well, how are you going to get him ready for the season? It's like in wrestling for every move, there's a Mm -hmm. counter move. You can always make an argument either way. I actually agree with McDaniels for this reason. When you are practicing as a quarterback And you're throwing the ball. I'm not talking about handing the ball off. You know, if you're a really good quarterback, you should probably know the plays anyway. Okay. (laughs) Kyler Murray. Point is when you're in practice and you're full pads, right? Mm -hmm. And full pads, the wide receivers are running hard on routes. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. They're not getting popped by a safety if they catch them all over the field. Full pads are not popping. No, they're not. But you're running hard on a route as a wide receiver. The cornerback is running with you. you got to thread a needle as a quarterback. That is actual practice, Mm -hmm. okay? For a running back, even when you're in full pads, I'm not suggesting it's not going to be different when the Cowboys come to town, right? But with your own guys, you are not really trying to drill your running
3: back. No, you aren't. And if you do, you get in trouble.
1: So my point is, is what Josh McDaniel's point is. You can't simulate getting tackled in practice. Somebody trying to strip the ball from you. You got to get hit a couple of times. Just get back in the feel of it all over again. Because the last time you truly got hit was probably back in December or early January. Just take a couple of pops, let guys try and strip the ball from, from you, and then
3: boom. If you're a veteran like Josh Jacobs, five carries is more than enough. I, wouldn't, I would not have played him only because they have three exhibition games left.
1: Well, I don't think it really matters when you play them.
3: That's true. You could do it. You could do it any time you want, the, right? Yes, the so third game.
1: Now, you could also... Ma- now, I don't know if the starting offensive line played, right? So, if the starting offensive line did not play, at least in the first series, you can make the case, why not put them behind the starting mm-hmm. offensive line?
3: Yes, you could make that case. I don't
1: know if they played or not because I honestly didn't watch the game.
3: But even so... I'm disappointed, in
1: Whether it's... I was out for dinner. Whether it is a first-team offensive line or a second-team offensive line, it doesn't matter. You still have to get back in the flow of getting hit. And quite frankly, you're probably going to get hit harder if the other team is playing their first-string defense and you're playing your backups on the offensive line. But you're still... You still can't simulate getting hit as a running back in practice. I don't care what kind of practice.
3: Has the third exhibition game now become the second exhibition game? You remember when you always played guys in the third exhibition game, like it was a real game. Right. So now with three years, is it the second
1: game? Probably the second. But as we have seen, there are a lot of coaches that don't even play their quarterbacks in every season. They just don't. But I think with the running back, just let him get in there and get a few pops, and that's it.
3: Speaking of quarterbacks, you notice Kyle Sloater still hanging on in the NFL? I'm not surprised at all. He, he was in the USFL and yep. just reported last week to Two. the Jaguars. Right. No, listen, the, the guy is
1: good enough to be a backup in the league. The guy yeah. is good enough to collect a paycheck. He was probably the best Broncos quarterback in that that time. Well, uh, I think that the Broncos would disagree because if they felt that yeah, way. Yeah, I know
3: that. I mean... And Minnesota, if we're being, Minnesota gave him a raw deal too. No, they gave him a great deal. No, eventually, invented. eventually they gave him a rod deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, but here's the thing about Slaughter. If we're being completely honest, he lit it up in the preseason. Yeah. And if we're being honest, it was against second and third string guys, guys that weren't mm-hmm. playing. We don't know what he could have done um, against the, you know, the, the the top talent that was going to be out there. But you know, a guy like Slaughter is not going to. Is, is never going to make, you know, big money. He, and, and he, but here's another guy, okay? Th- this guy is, is, the terminology is a jag. He is just another guy, right? That's all he is. <laughs> he is just another guy. But if you think about it, how many years has Trevor Simeon played? Is yeah. he ever going to be a, a legitimate starter again? No. He's good enough to maybe fill in once That's in a while. That's not a bad job, actually. Backup quarterback. No. I mean, he's played with three teams. He's played with three teams. He was a starter for the Broncos for a couple of seasons. He's gotten five years. He'll probably play another five years. I'll tell you who I don't think will get 10 years in this
3: league is Drew Locke. No, I don't think so either.
1: Because with Simeon, Simeon has a processor. He doesn't. Locke has more talent, but Simeon can get you through a game. Yeah. I don't know if Locke can. And we'll find out. I mean, at the end of the day, is he really going to be beat out by Geno Smith?
3: No, he won't.
1: You, don't, you think he's going to be the starter? Yeah. Oh, bet you a Diet Coke on that.
3: Okay. I also noticed one of – it's crazy the things you notice when you're watching the game. Uh, Tyrone Wheatley is the Broncos running back. Correct. His son is his tackle for the Raiders. I don't know if he'll make the team or not, but it's it was kind of interesting to, to look at that as a possibility of them going against each other. Well, Wheatley
1: played for the Raiders.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's funny because I had a conversation with Mike Boone yesterday we will run that interview sometime next week and we talked about having ty wheatley as the running backs coach and what i asked Mm -hmm. him was there are so many coaches in the nfl that have never played in the nfl Mm -hmm. some of them have never even played in college what does it mean to you to have a guy as your position coach that understands exactly what you're going through and he said eric that's a big deal
3: yeah it is and that's
1: a whole other topic why aren't there more former players as coaches in this
3: league? So I got to root for Drew Locke to, to take the first snap.
1: The only way Drew Locke is starting is if Geno Smith gets injured.
3: So. I just wonder about the possibility, and I realize that Pete Carroll's his own man, the idea of, of the, they got Locke in that trade. I'll, uh, here, if I had to handicap it right now, yes,
1: I would say there is a 35% chance that uh, there's a 45% chance that Geno Smith is the starter. There is a, I said 45%, right? Mm -hmm. There is a 40% chance that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter
3: and then 15% for Drew Locke. Okay. So if what if Garoppolo is the starter, our bet's off?
1: Yeah, I suppose. What do would you think Locke's better than Garoppolo? No. Well, if you said yes, then the bet's on. What do we have coming <laughs> up on Are Gonna Wind a liquor just in case you missed it?
4: We'll look at the top true freshman seasons in college football history and more trade rumors have emerged involving these NBA stars. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports.
3: Sounds like-
0: Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. I
1: want to say one more thing about the Seattle situation? If I am Pete Carroll, I absolutely start July. And here's the reason why. Why? Because I think they have a better chance to win games with Geno Smith. And it's <laughs> and, 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 and listen, I like Drew Locke personally. He's a really good kid. He really, really is. But this upcoming draft has two franchise caliber quarterbacks.
3: NFL teams would never tank games in order to get a better draft selection. That's right, Stephen Ross. But the point is, is
1: that you have Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, who's going to mm-hmm. be coming out in this draft. C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State is going to be coming out in the draft. And you don't even have to say you're tanking. All you have to do is put in Drew Locke, right? And just say he won the battle. We want to see what this kid can do. You want to win two, three, four, five games.
3: The Pete Carroll just says, we needed to find out what we have.
1: But remember, exactly. And that was
3: the argument somewhere else I remember.
1: Yes, and remember something else. Seattle is now armed with draft picks in order to move up mm. in the draft. So if you're Seattle... You hope that if you don't have one of the top two worst records in the league, that one of the teams that has an awful record, let's just for the sake of argument say it's Jacksonville, although I don't think it'll be, they're, they're not going to take one of those quarterbacks. So you want to have enough draft ammo to, to trade up to the first or second pick. If there are two teams that are just god-awful and are looking for a quarterback, they're going to take, take one of those guys.
3: How old is Pete Carroll now? Is he willing to look that far ahead? 70.
1: He's an older guy.
3: He's a a young guy. He's only 70.
1: I don't even know why he wants a quarterback. He likes to run the ball too damn (laughs) much. Does he realize Marshawn Lynch doesn't play anymore?
3: No, I don't think he does. His defense is as good
1: as it used to be. He's got two stud wide receivers, though. He's got two really good wide receivers. So if I'm him, I want to make sure I get one of those top quarterbacks in the draft. And I think Drew Locke gives you a better chance of that.
3: So you're hoping I win the bet. Are you predicting I win the bet, or you're saying if you were Pete Carroll, you would arrange it that I won the
1: bet? If I'm Pete Carroll, I start Drew Locke, but he's not going to. He's going to start Geno Smith, barring an injury to Geno Smith. Time now for the final word. The final word. Oh! presented by Greenfields
0: Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two for one wine, well and drafts from 3 until 7pm. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running or order online at
4: ArgonautLiquor.com just in case you missed it, Bill Connolly from ESPN ranked the 50 greatest true freshman seasons in college football history. Before I tell you the top 10, uh, any guesses on the greatest true freshman seasons of all
1: time? Wow. Um, I, I I would really have to think about that. I'm sure when you say these names, yeah. I mean, yeah. off the top of my head, I would say a guy like an Earl Campbell or a, or a Herschel Walker. Or a, or a Barry Sanders. Herschel
4: Walker did come in at number two there
1: in we 1980. Go. And by the way, I won't say Barry Sanders Mark, because Thurman Thomas played ahead of him at Oklahoma Marcus State. Allen. Uh, he was not in the top ten.
4: The uh, number one spot went to a defensive end, believe it or not. Who was that? Hugh
1: Green from Pitt, Pitt in yeah. 1977. He was a player. He was a player. I hate to admit that I remember that. I, th- I think you were in your mid-40s. Okay, you
3: what played. I remember actually is that you, you, you had freshman teams until the early 70s. Right. You were not eligible to play fre- to play as a freshman.
1: Hugh Green was a great player. He preceded Dan Marino.
3: Or maybe they overlapped by a year or two.
1: I think it was before Marino. Well, m- well Marino, Marino was
3: a class of 83, class so he would have been in the 79-ish freshman. Right,
1: so they probably overlapped. And he also played with Jimbo Coburn who is a the Hall of Great Spain. offensive line, Great man. offensive tackle.
4: I recognize that name from the 85 Bears. Yeah.
1: Who else is on that list?
4: Uh, so number three is Orlando Pace from Ohio State. Stud. 1994. He, he was a
3: pancake machine
4: at Ohio State. Oh, I bet. I think it was Eddie George was the running back at that time. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah.
3: I think Pace was a year ahead of him.
4: Uh, number four was Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Number five,
1: Ron Dane from Wisconsin, 1996 and He was so great as a freshman, that's why he never had an NFL career, they made him carry the ball about 750 times But oh, they what?
3: put, it, put, it, put it his name and number up on the facade at Camp Randall City
1: That's great, he never made any money in the NFL because they
3: wore him out
4: Number six, Andy Katzenmoyer from Ohio State, great that's going
3: player. way bad
1: great, great player in college Kind of out of that mold of great Ohio State linebackers like a Chris Field 7, Tony Dorsett,
4: Pitt, 1973. Yep. Uh, number 8, Luke keekley Boston College, 2009. Yep. Uh, number 9, Adrian Peterson from OU, yep. 2004. Yep. And uh, Bill Fralick from Pitt, 1981.
1: By the way, Ron Dane, 325 carries in his rookie year. At freshman year, I should say, at Wisconsin. Brilliant, taking a kid right out of high school and having him run at 325. How many
3: yards did he gain?
1: 2100. 14 touchdowns. That's over
3: five yards a carry. Excuse
1: me, 26.5 yards a carry. 21 touchdowns. He caught 14 passes for 133 yards, 9.5 yards per pass play. You know how many times he carried the ball in college? Four-year starter. 1,220 times. And when he got to the NFL, he was broken down.
3: Just like Jonathan Taylor.
1: Just like Monty Ball. If you want to go back and forth about Wisconsin running backs <laughs> who haven't made it. No
3: because, right, crazy
1: legs, Hirsch. Yeah, that's way back, because they only ran the ball back then. I don't think they had the forward pass back then.
4: The Lakers, Knicks, and Jazz discussed a three-team trade with Donovan Mitchell landing in New York, Patrick Beverly, and another key Jazz player to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook on the move and draft picks to Utah. Are you two still in the belief that Mitchell lands in New York and Westbrook gets moved out of LA?
3: That seems a product of somebody wishful wish. Somebody's wishful thinking to get Donovan Mitchell to New York. Well, Donovan Mitchell, I believe is from that area.
1: Yes, and he wants to go to the, he wants to play for the Knicks. But be careful, Carmelo Anthony wanted to play for the Knicks. Amari Stoudemire wanted to play for the Knicks. And what did they get? Nothing but a bunch of headaches and catcalls from Madison Square Garden because the teams were so bad. Be careful with what you wish. for. Right, right.
3: And how would how would Westbrook fit in in Utah now anyway? Ooh, he'd be the man. He's he'd had
1: some
4: the, run-ins with those fans, too, in the past. He
1: would probably be another triple-double guy again. But he's, he's a one-man show, meaning it's all about him.
4: All right, one more before we get out of here. Aaron Rodgers said psychedelics led him to the best season of his career and helped him love himself by improving his mental health. What do you make of Rodgers crediting psychedelic drugs for winning back-to-back MVP awards?
3: I don't believe a word he says. How do you think I get through the show with Terry
1: every day? (laughs) The Aaron Rodgers treatment. That doesn't surprise me about Aaron Rodgers. That guy is so high-strung. He really is. Um, I am guessing that probably helps him. That probably helps calm him down. When you have a Type A personality like that, you can make the case that doing certain things to put your mind at ease is probably a good thing, right? Do they test for that stuff in the NFL anymore? PCP and stuff like that, acid. Do they test for that anymore? I don't know if they do. Shows up. I don't know. I don't know if they do, but you'd probably get a two-year suspension. You know, unlike Deshaun Watson where you have like 5,000 massage therapists sexually assault all of them and you get six games and the union wants to fight it. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor just in case you missed it. Argonaut, always great specials and here is a great special. If you love wine, Bubbles and Box Wine Sale, 15% off Argonaut Delivers and deliveries over 100 bucks are free to anywhere in the Denver metro area. See why Argonaut Wine and Liquor is considered the best liquor store in Denver. Westward, name them the best Five years in a row or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com That's going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Alex. Terry, have a great weekend. I'll try and do better on Monday. Make it the best possible that you can.
0: If you choose not